It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 284, entitled Flamingos, Water Slides and Bright Jumpers. It was recorded on Monday the 29th of January 2024. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in a few moments by my fabulous guests. The guests today are Wendy. Wendy, I'm terrible with her surname, so I'm just going with Wendy. By Rob Cairns and also by the co-host Kathy Zant. It's a WordPress podcast, so of course we're going to talk about WordPress. The topics under discussion this week, core editor improvements, especially in terms of revisions. There's a really interesting video by Anne McCarthy showing what that new UI will look like. We learn what the release squad looks like for WordPress 6.5 and also the goals of WordPress generally in the year 2024. Josepha Hayden-Chomposi outlined some of those. I did a podcast with Michelle Frechette all about diversity and we discussed that. There's also a pilot program to stop using Meetup as the software for organizing WordPress meetups and instead go over to a WordPress solution called GatherPress. What is that about? WordCamp Asia, they need some help in terms of contributor day help. WordPress has got two new plugins to speed things up, and it sounds like the panel are not quite so sure about them. Also, something we weren't quite so sure about is a new tool built into Elementor to be able to take sections from other people's websites and replicate them with AI. And we also get into a whole lot more fun stuff as well. And it's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Well, hello there. Hi, everybody. It is Monday, the 29th of January, 2024. It is This Week in WordPress, episode number 284. 284, I think, is the right number. Very, very nice uh, to have you with us, especially the three fine people who've decided to join me today. Uh, first off, oh, I got it right. I got it right. First <laughs> uh, it's Kathy Zant. How are you, Kathy? I'm doing well. Good to see you. Yeah, really good to see you as well. So Kathy's um Kathy's bio is a little bit different. So here we go. Let's uh, let's run through it the first time. It used to say other things. Now it says this. Kathy is the director of content and community at Motivations AI, the creator of Motivation Code. Motivation Code is an assessment that explains who you are, what motivates us, and how to live a more fulfilling life tied to our individual motivation dimensions. She's passionate about WordPress, your stories, and believes that everyone's voice deserves to be heard. Uh, forgive me, Rob, and forgive me, Wendy. I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole very quickly, if that's all right. Uh -oh. So, motive, what is, just explain a little bit more about the company, because although that makes sense to me, is this a new company? Is this a company that was founded recently? Um, I guess it's sort of jumping on the AI bandwagon, but it's all about mood and health and mental well-being and all that, is it? All of the science behind this has been around for quite some time, for, for decades. So there has been tons of research into what makes people do the things that they do. 
Um, all of this came out of the the Gallup organization. And with the addition of AI, there's this this assessment is so cool. You basically tell AI stories about things that have fulfilled you in your life. And it comes back and tells you, well, here's why. This is this is what motivates you. This is your dimension. These are your dimensions. It's not just like one thing. Like you take the Myers Briggs and it's like, I like I like coffee or I like tea, right? <laughs> it's like an either either or yeah. type of thing. Yeah. But we are multidimensional people, right? Humans or spirits having a human experience. And there's a lot of different things that go into our motivations. And the cool thing for me personally was when I, I learned about my top three dimensions. My top three dimensions really just felt like, oh, this makes so much sense. I understood myself a lot better. So it's it's really a joy to be working with some just incredible people um, with incredible technology. And we're off to, to change the world and how people work. <laughs> That's great. Well, imagine working for a company where you can say, we're off to change the world. <laughs> That's so cool. You, you'll be you'll be in good um, company, won't you? Because it, when I looked at the Motivations AI website, yeah. it looks like the the WordPress community, quite a few members of the WordPress community, have have joined forces with you. I guess you're one of the more recent um, people that's dropped on board. But there's a whole bunch, isn't there? So you're in you're in yeah, safe hands, yeah. as we know, and familiar, and just incredible people. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I felt imposter syndrome of like, what am I? Do I really belong in this room? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, these people are so smart and so talented and everybody's an A player at what they do. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Well, that's really fabulous. Well, thank you for joining us again. And what a lovely story to start the show off with. Um, Let's go around sort of, let's go there. Let's go to, to Wendy. How are you doing? Wendy, I'm always nervous to do your surname because I always butcher it. Just leave it. Just, just leave it. Okay. Well, you've just written Wendy Wendy on the screen. So that's all I'll just say. Wendy, but it's Wendy. Look, there's Wendy. Um, as one of the lead organizers of WordCamp Europe in 2024, we'll mention that in a bit. Um, Wendy is on top of all the news related to WordCamp Europe 2024. She has been an active part of the WordPress community since 2013. Uh, yeah, I was writing it. It is the anniversary this year. Uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, speaking and organizing WordCamps mainly in year. Europe. She makes money working as a happiness engineer at wordpress.com yeah i was wondering did what was going on there was it my maths or yeah 10 years from no, last, it was year, last right? year i we are we are we've moved on a year Yeah, you're in year 11 it was last year yeah i didn't celebrate so i'm gonna celebrate this year i honestly like, can't think of many bits of software <laughs> that have lasted like 11 years you know there's things like microsoft word and stuff but wordpress 20 how did that am <laughs> but uh very nice to have you with us thank you we'll be talking a little bit about WordCamp europe a little bit later but last uh, Finish off our panel. There he is. It's Rob, Rob Cairns. How are you doing, Rob? Doing well, Nathan. How are you? Yep. Yep. Very nice. Uh, Rob's been on the show many times before, if you watch this, so you'll know a little bit about him. But here we go. Rob is the founder and chief creator of Amazing Ideas at Stunning Digital Marketing. Rob is a WordPress security expert. He's a podcaster, a contributing author, and co-manager of the WordPress Global Community Group on LinkedIn, which is huge, by the way. It's truly enormous amount of people yeah. in that group. When he's not working, he enjoys reading, watching sports, and touring around Ontario. What kind of fiction books do you like? I shouldn't say fiction. <laughs> what kind of books do you like? 
Um, it varies. So I read everything from business books to fiction to science fiction. It all depends on the mood. Oh, and yeah. uh, the last I looked, I had nine books on my bedside tables. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I'm the I'm the start it and finish it kind. Um, start, finish, then move yeah, on. That's uh, how I work. Yeah, nine, <laughs> you've got nine, nine books to up. be read. Yeah. Do you still go with the paper book, or are you happy with like the ebook, the Kindle, or something like that? I do. I do both, Nathan. If I'm out in the go, the Kindle on the iPad is easier to take the app. If I'm at home, it's easier. I prefer to read a paper book because that's less screen time, which yeah. is better for you before yeah. bed. So. I am. Um, I was having a conversation with my kids the other day, and we were all talking about what our favorite device was. You know, bit of technology. Mm -hmm. And I think a few years ago, I would have said phone, but I've got. I've kind of fallen out with mobile phones, and so you know that story. But yeah. um, now it's my Kindle, yeah. hands down. It's the Kindle. I just see it as this like little rectangular window to the to yeah. knowledge, yeah. and uh, and I I love it. I'm absolutely addicted. I've already read in this year. I've read ten books in January. good for you. That's awesome. Oh, wow. I, I don't know what's happened. I just, I'm just addicted to it. As soon as my chores for the day are finished, out it comes and I squeeze in as much reading yeah. as I can. Yeah, it's getting a bit obsessional. I need to calm down a little bit. But uh, yeah, anyway, so we're not here to talk about that. We are here, however, to talk about WordPress and we'll get onto that in a moment. Firstly, um, if you would like to leave any comments, please do that. That would be so nice. This show is infinitely better when comments come flooding in. It really is. It's lovely. And the best way to do that is to go here wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you go there, you've got two choices. You can either use the YouTube comments, so you need to be logged into a Google account, or there's a little black uh, rectangle in the top right of the player. And you can click on that, and that's that's just goes through the platform that we use, so you don't need to be logged into anything. You just type your name, and then you're, you're off to the races. If you are watching on Facebook, you have to go here, wave.video forward slash lives forward slash Facebook. And that allows us to see who you are. Otherwise, you are entirely anonymous, which is fine. But sometimes it's nice to see who you are. For example, it's nice to see that Mike Colton is here. Hi there, Mike. Nice to have you with us. He says afternoon, everybody. Afternoon to you too. Atif uh, is also joining us. He's saying good afternoon. Hi there, Atif. Nice to have you with us. Courtney Robertson is joining us. Good morning. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Joining us all the way from the US. And Peacher, who is often in Europe somewhere, I guess Spain, maybe, I don't know. Oh, she says, look, uh, from Valencia, halfway down. The oh, she's totally telling us exactly where she is. That's remarkable. <laughs> uh, from Valencia, halfway down the southern coast of Spain, uh, just after 3 p.m., it's overcast and chilly for our taste. 14 degrees is not what we're used to. Well, Peacher, I can tell you it's minus one where I am at the moment. I'll take to 14. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take 14 any day of the week. Uh, Peter Ingersoll will no doubt pop up and give us his weather report if all things are normal. But let's get on with the WordPressy stuff. Firstly, a little bit of promo stuff. Hope you don't mind. Uh, this is our website, wpbuilds.com. Get rid of that. Um, if you fancy looking around what we do, please use these links. These are probably the most useful ones, the archive pages. That's where we store all the bits and pieces that we've done. So the podcast that we do on a Thursday. This show will end up on this menu here this week in WordPress. If you want to keep up with all that we're doing, put your address in here, your email address, and we will send you two emails a week, one for the show on this one, basically, and one for the show on Thursday that we release, which is a podcast. And I need to mention GoDaddy Pro, who've been sponsoring, sponsoring us for absolutely ages now. So uh, thank you, GoDaddy Pro, for your continuing support. It really has helped keep the lights on. If you want to know what we're up to, head to this page. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. 
and you can see all the bits and pieces that are going on this week. So we've got what we're doing now. That's this one here. And then on Wednesday, I'm speaking to Greg from a company called Omnisend, which is a platform to enable you to interact with your uh, customers better. It's like an email marketing platform, but with bells and whistles. So we'll be doing that 2 p.m. on uh, Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we've got our regular Speed It Up show with Sabrina Zidane. I had to basically cancel everything last week, which is why it's all blank last week, because I felt like, yeah, bad, not good. But there you go, wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. And last quick hat tip, I did an episode this week with uh, Jen Herries. She is an accessibility expert. So if you go here and here and search for episode number 358, listen to her talking to me all about the importance of accessibility. All righty. There we go. That's all the WordPressy stuff done. Let's, sorry, not the WordPressy stuff, the WP build stuff. Let's talk about core editing improvements. Uh, Anne McCarthy, as she often does, writes an article on make.wordpress.org. An important bit of the UI of your WordPress install is the ability to go back and, you know, if you muck something up, go back to a previous revision. Honestly, I thought the revisions were pretty good as they were, but there's room for improvement, it turns out, because that's what mm. Anne is explaining in the latest release of Gutenberg 17.4, uh, you can get that from the, well, you can get that from the .org website. Um, there have been some significant improvements. Essentially, rather than limiting you to, a, I think, something like 100 revisions, you can now, it's now paginated so that you can see absolutely every revision that's ever happened. So, you know, if you're a, a, a one-person band, you may not need it. Like, that's kind of me. I don't really use it. But if there's a big team, it might be good to go back through the hundreds and hundreds and you know, so you can do that now. Uh, also, you can add some context to those revisions. So you can write a little sort of note explaining what was going on. And also it'll give you some context by describing what was changed. So that's kind of nice. But also it will interact with the style book. So let's say that some big major change happened in the styling. You can go to the style book. And when you click through revisions, it will show you what those revisions did to the style of that page or post or whatever it may be. So there's quite a lot there. Uh, it's one little thing, revisions, but I think it's an important thing. Robust revisions in the site editor, it's called. Do any of you three want to talk about? I just want to say one thing about revisions because um, you do need to check with your host if it is turned on for your uh, hosting company because there are hosting companies that turn this great little thing off and so if you're trusting revisions make sure you check if it is actually in your site so yeah i guess it could. i had i've had this experience and it's not funny <laughs> when you think i can go back and it is not there so okay thank you make sure they're all switched on i mean it probably uses up quite a bit of unnecessary space if you you know if you've got posts dating back 20 years and they're still, you're still keeping the revisions. You never really look at them. It's maybe time to dump those, but I guess the, the more recent things that you're actively working on, um, it's kind of useful. So Kathy, Rob, anything on that or should we press on? Um, I just want to add, you got to be really careful with, with, uh, things like revisions with the boat in your WordPress, uh, database. Like we got to be really careful that we maintain that database and the database doesn't get bigger and we make sure we clean it up just food for thought. Every time we get into something like this, the database is going to grow a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I am, um, when I'm typically making mm -hmm. these posts, 
I probably save it about 50 or 60 times because yeah. I add the news stories one at a time. And each time I drop it in, because I'm a bit of a fearful thing, I like to click save draft just because then I know it's got that one and I don't have to go back and repeat the work. And my workflow means that I delete links that I've you know, put in and all that kind of stuff. So it's really important that that whole system is working. And I, I like I say, I probably per post create about 60 or 70 revisions, which is a bit absurd. Yeah. I really do need to uh, to clean those out. But yeah, sage advice. Thank you for that. Uh, Kathy, anything before we move on? Yeah, I just, as collaboration comes into WP Admin and more people are working together on things, I think things like making sure that that revision, being able to like clearly delineate where revisions are happening is really important. So I love that this is happening as collaboration is coming on board. That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about it from yeah. that point of view, but in uh, like, for example, in the Google Docs interface, they do revisions really well, I think. You know, you, you roll it back and you can see exactly what was done and they highlight it and all that. That is going to be really important, isn't it? Especially if there's like four or five people editing at once and you've got no oversight into who saved what and when did they save it and, you know, which bits went where. Yeah, that's going to become giant, isn't it? This is going to be a really thorny problem uh, for the team because you know, imagine if there's three people editing at once and somebody moves a paragraph up and then somebody moves it down again and there's this tennis going on of up, down and people deleting things and adding things all over the place. It's going to be really hard. Maybe it'd have to be a per user revision. It sounds like the team, though, is really thinking through like how impactful this might be. So, so I'm glad they're thinking about it. So I don't yeah. have to go and have a look at this little video that Anne put together. It's only a minute and a half or so long, but it gives you a real insight into what we're talking about. And it's good, like you say, uh, somebody's actually thinking about it. So that's really useful. Okay. All right, moving on. This is news, I guess, but there's not a lot to say. It really is just a, uh, a hat tip to the people who have stepped up to be the WordPress 6.5 release squad. Uh, you can see the names there. There are some very familiar names. So, for example, the release lead is Matt, and you know that's sort of fairly to be expected. Uh, we just mentioned Anne, but there's quite a few people who've been on this show before. But you can see it's broken up into release lead, coordinators, tech sorry, core tech leads, editor tech leads, core triage leads, editor triage leads, design, marketing and communication, documentation, performance, test, and default themes leads. Now, I don't know if that role is a role that existed in the past because I've never really inspected it too closely, but it does say in the paragraph below, this release squad introduces the experimental default lead role. So I'm guessing this is a new one. Um, and that's because of the need to update past default themes due to changes introduced in releases. So if that is a new one, it looks like Carolina Nymark is taking on the role of that. But uh, essentially, you know, big, big thanks to all these people, whether they're uh, paid contributors or how that's all working. Just thank you for taking the time and the effort to uh, to do that work for us. It's scheduled. Beta 1 is February the 13th, so it's coming up. <laughs> Feels like we just got this one shipped, and uh, yeah. and we're on the we're on the rack of a new one. Anything in for there before I move on? Okie doke. All righty, let's move on to this one. I, I think this one's really interesting. It's Josefa, who's obviously the executive director of the WordPress project, and uh, whenever Josefa writes something down about the project in general, I think it's worth listening to. Um, she talks about the goals for the next year. I expect many of you, if you watch this show regularly, a lot of this will be 
um, will be common knowledge, but it's nice to have it all summed up. She does make the point right at the top that uh, it's not an exhaustive set of lists, lists because it's bound to change as things happen during the course of 2024. But here are the different bits of pieces which are going to receive the most attention this year. That's the intention anyway. Um, phase three of the Gutenberg project, as we were just talking about, that's going to be interactivity, you know, document collaboration, that kind of thing. Think Google Docs, the idea of being able to multiple people logged in at the same time, changing the same thing, how that'll work, we've yet to see. Uh, then we move to community, the, the, another rung of this ladder. Um, community support to support the community through learning events and mentorship of the current, of current and future contributors. We'll develop on these in a moment. And then address, this is ecosystem it comes under, address the difficulty in moving platforms through data liberation. That seems to have come out of nowhere in the last few months. And now it seems to be what everybody's talking about. And, um, uh, we will see in a moment that, um, there's this, not fear, but WordPress, WordPress's user base has, I think, Josefa used the word stagnated. I think, well, that was, yeah, there we go. Look, growth. Over the last uh, year, year over year, um, new installations, it's become stagnant. So I guess an easy win there would be, well, why not make it so that you can get Joomla websites instantly transferred into WordPress websites and Shopify and all the other things, all the other bits and pieces, as well as making it easy to port your own data to another WordPress website. But the... Um, the, the idea really here is to grow WordPress, I guess, to get that 43% up to 44 and beyond. And the, the idea also in terms of events is to, is to not make typical WordPress events the flavor in the future. So WordCamps that you've been to, uh, Josefa describes it here as one size fits all. Um, that was the strategy in the past. The idea in the future is to have more advanced topics and more focused events, um, which can meet the community where it is. So I don't know, as an example, it might be an SEO event or a security related event or something like that. Whether that'll work, I'm not entirely sure, but they are the things, they are the big focuses for the next period of time. And again, over to you three, if you've got anything you want to throw in there. I am super excited about data liberation because I see so much opportunity out there. I mean, think about all of the the various web tools that you use. Um, what and we have like learning management systems, LearnDash, uh, Lifter mm -hmm. LMS, um, all of these different LMS systems. But we also have, you know, hosted solutions, SaaS solutions like Teachable and whatnot, and yeah. tons of people who are finding success there. But you know, then again, you're you're growing your business in a walled garden. Wouldn't it be great if we could find ways to help people who are using web-based SaaS tools to come over to WordPress to give them more freedom and flexibility? And then I think about like other tools like like Miro boards, you know, the web-based tool where yes. people can do all of that kind of fun stuff. Wouldn't it be cool if there were was somebody created a plugin that allowed people to do that within WordPress? Um that gives them more opportunity to just get out of these walled gardens. There's so many of them. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, LMS systems. It's not just Shopify versus WooCommerce. There's tons of web-based systems and tons of opportunity for creative plugin developers to go out there and say, wow, this tool is really great. And tons of people are using Figma. How do we bring the Figma experience into WordPress so that people are designing closer to what they're actually putting on the web, that type of thing, so that web-based tools, no matter how far away from web publishing they might seem, you can bring them over 
to WordPress. And I think that kind of innovation and creativity is ripe. And there's plenty of opportunity for creative plugin developers to create a new business based on that. We actually, um, we talked about this the other day, and I'll just give everybody, if you haven't heard about this project, it was sort of the first I'd come across it anyway was during State of the Word in December last year. I mean, obviously, it's been on people's minds for a long time, but it hadn't really surfaced to me, at least anyway. The idea is to is to create, a, I think, really a one-click solution for a typical website. You know, obviously, if you've got like a Joomla website with a billion different bits of custom code, then you're probably out of luck. But a typical one-click solution for, for importing a website, for example, straight from Squarespace um tumblr that's interesting <laughs> uh oh you can see the connection maybe the automatic connections there isn't it html if you've just got a static html site import that uh, an rss feed wix uh drupal blogger uh, and then this one which captures my attention just because i've been using wordpress for everything always forever anyway this feels almost like a, a built-in migration system so rather than having to rely on a third-party uh, plug in to do that heavy lifting or, you know, get in the command line or whatever. The idea would be that there'd be a way of doing that inside of WordPress to take, I don't know, if you're moving host or if you just want to try something different out. But then if you click on the view all guides, here they all are, uh, Avada, which is a theme, uh, yep. to take it to core blocks. So this is a big promotion on just core blocks. Uh, contentful. I don't even know what that is, but it's a thing. Uh, Divi, another one. So Divi to core blocks. Uh, Elementor to core blocks, Cadence to core blocks, and then I th oh, um, WooCommerce product to, I don't know what that one is, it's gone off the page, to WordPress, it just says, uh, and then WP Bakery to core blocks as well. I, I, I don't know how the community feel about that one, the idea of making a, a native solution to take from an already existing solution like Divi or Cadence or what have you into something else. But um, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, Rob, Wendy, anything? It, it's interesting when you read Giuseppe's goals, and I think what's going to really impact those goals this coming year is AI. I hate to, I hate to go there. Like we, we can't have a conversation around web development or marketing without mentioning those two letters anymore. And I really, uh, yeah, as Kathy laughs at me again because she knows where I'm going. And the problem we've got right now is AI is changing on such an astronomical front every day. And I really think um, a lot of the collaboration stuff we're doing in WordPress and things like that, AI is going to impact it more than people think. And uh, so I think those goals, I think the WordPress uh, team needs to be prepared to adjust those goals as we go, because a lot of stuff might become non-relevant. By the time AI's finished, you look at stuff Microsoft's doing, you look at OpenAI, you look at what Google's doing. It's, it's, to, and, and people like friends of ours in the space like Bertha and things like that. It's just mind boggling. Actually. <laughs> Tim Nash has uh, just dropped in a comment. He says, you can, Rob. It's easy not to mention it. It's, it's so Thanks, easy. Tim. It's everywhere. <laughs> you open up the newspaper, there's AI absolutely everywhere. Uh, I, I just want to mention this. I mean, how did how did I not? I'm so sorry, Wendy. Uh, Jose is just loving the sweater. If you're listening to this, which is how it's consumed by most people, uh, Wendy's wearing a fabulous sweater with all sorts of red fruit on it. And uh, and look, look, here's me in the most boring outfit imaginable, <laughs> black and grey. And <laughs> there's 
when he's living in our lives off a little bit. So yeah, appreciate mm. that. Uh, Wendy, tell us about your thoughts on these uh, WordPress events because I know that's a big part of your experience in the WordPress community. What do you reckon? Sorry, what? I'm still on the sweater thing. Uh... <laughs> that's not going away. Should we, uh, should we dissect the sweater for a few more minutes? You can tell us exactly. <laughs> I'm just so happy with my sweater. It's actually new. It's yeah. the second time I'm wearing it and I'm super happy with it. <laughs> it's great. It's really great. I think we should all applaud the sweater. Can we have lots of pleasant comments, uh, please from everybody about the sweater? I think it would make, uh, Wendy's day. She's obviously delighted. <laughs> yeah. I'm already delighted with my sweater. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if anybody said anything, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish there was an intermission anyway. in the show. I would go and change, and I, I don't know, put something else on, a bit more, a bit more sparkly. <laughs> go for it. WordPress events. What do you make of it? Are you, uh, are you, are you worried about this new thing? Do you think this, the one fits, one size fits all thing that we got right now is working? Don't break what isn't. What is it? Don't fix what isn't broken, or something like that. Um, I think it's interesting. I am very um for. Uh, diversifying a bit because it is really hard to serve everybody in one event. Um, and I also think that events like WordCamp, like the bigger WordCamps, WordCamp Europe, WordCamp Asia coming up soon, those are also, at least for me and for a lot of people I know, a big part of that is hanging out with people. So, um, it might be. But that could also be diversifying. I mean, smaller word camps and bigger word camps might have a different goal or a different uh, audience and serve a different purpose. So, yeah, why not? I would love to do, for example, a beginner's word camp for it's just people who just started working oh, with WordPress. Oh, there you go, Wendy. That's an idea I hadn't heard. Everything seemed to be niching in on the um, like the super niche, like the SEO or the... Uh, Whatever it might be, but that's really interesting. An idea, just uh, an event, just for beginners. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm back to the sweater. I'm not taking my head off that. Um, love the sweater too. Can't oh stop boy. thinking of Pac-Man. Says I see a show title coming. Yeah, I can <laughs> now. Tom Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Um, we had Thomas on the podcast several weeks, months ago now. Um, I don't know what a golf clap is. What's a golf clap? Uh, any any know. intuition? Anybody on the panel? What's a golf clap? Anyway, golf clap for the sweater. I, I guess that's a good thing. Um, I, Peacher says, I had met the cherries and berries sweater last week already and loved it. There you go. The first, how the heck does that happen? How can there be somebody in our comments in Spain, which is like 3,000 3, miles or something away from you? Well, baby. let me <laughs> tell you about that because okay. um, Peter is my uh, accountability buddy. She has been for years. Okay. And we we meet each other every Friday morning and we catch up and we uh, do uh, a bit of uh, how are you doing and what's going on in your life. And um, yeah, that was the first time I wore the sweater and this is the second time. You dropped the sweater bomb into Peach's <laughs> Zoom call. It was the uh, the highlight of yep, her yep, week. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, cherry gold. Sorry, cherry good sweater. It's a cherry good sweater. What does that mean? I don't know what a golf clap is or what cherry good is. Cherry good a brand? I don't know. Um, I swear I wrote the comment, but I cannot find it. So Maya apparently wrote a comment about the sweater, but it's gone missing. Uh, Patricia, Patricia, hang tight. We're going to talk about something. Yes, of yours. She has very interesting. Oh, it's lovely. We're, we're coming to it soon. Yeah. Um, 
she she likes Wendy as well. She's a little. She's managed to squeeze in an icon of a strawberry. Uh, this is going totally off piece, isn't it? But I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, from an old Charlie Sheen movie with his brother Emilio Estevez. Okay, that's what a golf cap is. I'm guessing. Okie doke. Um, all right. Well, let's see how those events transpire. I'm I, I'm a bit nervous to be honest because I think the WordPress community already is it's not the biggest thing in the world. And if you put these events and then you make them smaller, I just don't know what that's going to do for actual physical real world attendance, because getting people to come out for a WordPress event is quite hard. But getting yeah, them but to come out is, to we, we do have a lot of room for new people that are not currently visiting the events because okay. they might be too afraid or they might not be interested in the topics and th that might come to more niche down events. You're right. You're right. Well, let's wait and see. 2024, we'll wait and see what happens during It's an interesting experiment. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you've got to you've got to change things as well, haven't you once in a while. So let's see how that goes. Um data liberation, you can find that by the way if you want to look for it, you can go to wordpress.org/data-liberation and uh you'll be able to find it there. Uh okay, here, here we are. Here we are. I said it would be coming and it was the next item on the list. So Yay! Patricia, Patricia, who's in the in the comments, that's nice. Nice when you get to have somebody in the comments about something they've written. Uh, this is a proposal which Patricia has written off the back of a plugin project. It's bigger than a plugin, really. Um, and it is really revolving around the whole meetup thing. Now, if you if you're an attendee of WordPress uh, events like WordPress meetups, you'll have run into Meetup, the platform, meetup.com. And typically, if you want to run a WordPress event, you have to go through the Meetup platform. Now, as an end user, that is to say, I show up to events. I've never run an event, so I've never had to administer the back end. But Tim, Tim, who's in the comments, Tim Nash was in the other week, and I know a variety of people who do organize it. The universal opinion seems to be that Meetup is not great. Um, can I cap encapsulate it like that, Wendy? Is it's not great enough, or does it need to go? Do I need to be more strong with my language? No, not great. It's fine. Okay. So <laughs> it's it's limited. It has it does what it needs to do. It doesn't have, for example, you can't style your texts. You can't. There is only you can only add one image. Um, yeah, the the basic functionality works pretty well. Actually, you can create an event that people can sign up, which is okay. what it's supposed to do. But it's not to everybody's liking, and a lot of people seem to dislike it. Well, wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of, I don't know, let's call it a content management system, which could uh, which could power an alternative? Oh, wait, there is, and it's called WordPress. And there's a plugin <laughs> which has been put together by, and I'm going to read it off my piece of paper, uh, Mike or Terry. Um, and I suspect there's other people involved in the background, but I'm just going to mention Mike's name. I did a podcast episode with him, which will be coming out on Wednesday, all about Patricia this project. Patricia is very involved in this too. Oh, is she? Okay. So Peter as well. That's great. There's probably a list of names, isn't there? Uh, a little bit further down. But this is something called GatherPress, and it's basically a WordPress swap out for Meetup. Now, the, the intention really over the, over the next period of time is to test it out. And if, if I remember what Mike said correctly, the idea is to get people who are running events to do the event in parallel. So have it running on Meetup, but at the same time, run it on GatherPress. 
and see how it works and sort of move this project forward and then have a decentralized, kind of federated maybe at some point. So all of the instances can join together. You might just have one login instead of need to log in into the, I don't know, Phoenix or Brighton or Bristol or London meetup uh, website. And so the pilot program needs your help. It really looks like a mature project. Um, so here's the benefits, here's the pros and the cons. The benefits are members and attendees data lives on your website and database. Community organizers define privacy policies, selectively publish attendee lists, gather additional data from attendees, etc. Uh, it, it, it fosters democratized access to data as, as, and functionality as WordPress is customizable. It's open source. And you could add a whole bunch of other things to that, couldn't you? You know, you could extend the platform yourself if you felt that there was some need for your particular event. You can style it as, um, as Wendy just said, and they are looking for your help. Um, I will put a link to the show notes, but you can see the page there, Patricia's page, proposal pilot program to test gather up on wordpress.org network as a meetup alternative. So there we go, Patricia. I hope. Yeah, I'm definitely going to sign up for the meetup that I do in my city every month. So. Yeah, and run it in parallel. Yep, yep. Yeah, just see how it works and see how it goes and contribute to moving away from meetup and to a more open source uh, alternative. I think maybe I think throwing, that would be great. Yeah, I think throwing into the mix here would be the fact that meetup was current uh, just very recently, like, I don't know, 10 days ago or something, it was announced that it had been acquired by a company called Bending Spoons, uh, who are behind a bunch of SaaS projects. They also acquired Evernote recently. And maybe there's, maybe there's some alarm bells there. Like you don't know what's going to happen. You know, will it just sort of sit and gather dust? And if it's not profitable, they'll junk it. I don't know, but there's that in the mix as well. So Cathy and Rob I'll talk for too long. Sorry. Anything on that? Well, I think. It, Rob was mentioning before that ever since WeWork, I believe, got... Yeah, we, we worked on it. Yeah. Ever since then, Meetup has just kind of been... We just sort of wondered about the long-term viability of it. Um, and so because of that, I, I'm really happy to see that we're developing some of our own solutions for our community. And I think that could help other communities as well. So it's very exciting to see. Yeah. Rob? I think it's... Why aren't we, again, developing these solutions in WordPress? So it's the old, why do you use WooCommerce and not Shopify? Why do you use Groundhog and not ConvertKit? You know, that type of solution. And we have an open source and we're democratizing publishing. So this is ideal just to bring back in-house and develop a solution right inside WordPress to do it. So well done. I think... um I think I haven't really paraphrased what Mike said. He, he really came across as a very thoughtful person. Yeah. And he, there, there has been a lot of thought for a long, long time uh, mm -hmm. behind this. And I think they've got to the point now where they think they've got something ready to go. Um, but you can listen to his thoughts on why he, he would like this to become a thing inside of WordPress. It, it really does seem like a proper community uh, endeavor. I didn't, you know, WordPress. <laughs> He told me the number of dollars that are spent every year on Meetup. And I can't remember what it was, but I think it was 230. I'm going to, I'm very close when I say this. I think it's $234,000 go from the, uh, the foundation. I don't know actually where the money comes from, but in some way, 
WordPress, the community at large, pay $234,000 to meet up every year. And, um, you know, we have the CMS that could power this to be done uh, for our own incentives. So, yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, right. Okay. Let's move on, shall we? Nothing else to add about that. Imagine all the things we could do with that money for the greater good. If yeah, I'm thinking a water things. slide in my back garden. That would be really good. <laughs> uh, no? Any any votes for the water slide in Nathan's? Okay. No hands. Just Nathan's hands. been joking around in getting a pool outside of the WordCamp Europe venue. Just yeah. have fun. Yeah. With the inflatable flamingo. and Oh, yeah. If you stand next to an inflatable flamingo with that sweater on, <laughs> oh, I'm there. No. I am there. <laughs> oh. There's this show title, right? There. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, it goes off the rails so quickly. But, uh, that sounds fun. If anybody can think of a useful way to spend that money, please let me know. Answers on a postcard. Uh, I spoke to Michelle Frechette. I normally speak to Michelle on Slack, and she's obviously on this show an awful lot as one of the co-hosts, as is Kathy. Um, but she she decided to do a, an episode with me this week all about um, advocating for diversity in the WordPress yes. community. It's on the WP Tavern website, uh, which will hopefully be coming back to life at some point in the near future. I realize it's kind of ground to a halt from a journalistic point of view. But never fear, the podcast is still there. It's in the main menu, look right at the top. Just click on, click on podcasts, and look, there I am beavering away. And the uh, the most recent one is me and Michelle having a chat about diversity. You know Michelle's take on all of this, and she explains her position very, very thoughtfully, very, very carefully. And I, I think you'd be hard pushed to listen to that and not find it a reasonable set of uh, set of incentives. So, and if you've got anything to add to that, I don't suppose you had a chance to listen to it. But if you've got anything you want to say, say it now. Move on. Michelle's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. I, do it. I second that, so I'm there. There was a really, she wrote about, do you remember when she went to WordCamp in uh, San Diego, WordCamp US in yeah. San Diego? And one of the things that really spurred her on was when she, um, she basically couldn't access various different things in the in the uh, in the auditorium not in the auditorium but you know the hotel and the yeah the hotel and she couldn't get yes. a shower and all this sort of stuff and i think it, it got the crusader spirit in her um and then she made a bunch of suggestions which you know some people uh had one side of an opinion on and some people had another but then she, more recently she attended WordCamp asia and i think was pretty bowled over by how impressive it had been um and I think the same could have been said for WordCamp Athens as well. I think she had the same same yeah. opinion there. Yeah. Okay. She and I talk pretty often about about just disability in general. Just you know, my husband had a stroke a couple of years ago, and so our our crusade is that everyone in the world is one crappy event away from having accessibility be the most important per thing in that person's life. So. Mm. Um, we kind of owe it to it for, for those of us that, you know, went for a run this morning and are having like all of the physical abilities in the world. We owe it to those yes. who don't um, to, to watch out for them and to care for them. So I love and, that she's crusading on this. And Kathy, it's not just the I had a stroke or I had a heart attack. It's even our aging population. Like I see yeah. it 
with my mom. My mom's 79 years old and there's things that she gets frustrated that she can't do that she could do 10 years ago. And these are just regular tasks. And, you know, she's in good health, but the reality of it is accessibility is not just about disabilities. It's about everything in our changing bodies and our changing world. And that's part of it too. So, so true. Yeah. I mean, my mom aging as well and has had a few incidents with falls and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. in conversations with her, the thing that she, she, it just happened overnight. It's like overnight I lost this. Overnight mm-hmm. my balance was gone. Overnight yep. it just feels yep. like it happens all at once. Um, my daughter's been dragging me to the gym, and so like they make me do physical therapy or physical training, which, oh, which no. is great and everything. But oh my gosh, even at my age, it's like I can see how balance. Like I have to work for it right now, and it's it's scary how fast it can go. So I, I love the fact that you're bringing it up about aging populations because mm-hmm. guess what, we're we're all going there. <laughs> We're all aging. Yeah. We're all getting older. And to set up systems that are supportive for all of us when we get there is really yeah. important. It, it's simple little things like opening a jar. You know what I mean? Or, you know, my mom went and got a new exercise bike and spent 10 minutes on the bike and then was sore for four days the first time in years. And then she's saying, well, I shouldn't be sore for 10 after 10 minutes. And we're like, yeah, you should be like, it's, it's And it's an acceptance factor, too, in saying, hey, I need help versus I'm frustrated, right? That's part of it as well. So, I've decided I'm not going to age in 2024. I'm just going to say no to it. and Yeah, I'm, I'm going that way as see well. See what happens. <laughs> not <laughs> no, happening this got a year. Feeling, got a feeling that's not going to land so well. Um, yeah. Courtney, a lovely comment. Uh, she said, instead of funding the swimming pools, which would be uh, fantastic from my point of view anyway, uh, let's do something um, to pay for the recently announced WC Canada. That what? is true. I didn't know there was. Second, a second week of July in Ottawa, Ontario, actually. Oh, is this, so this Canada. is brand new, right? Yeah, it just got announced and just got approved. And it was wow. announced on Friday or Thursday, something last week. I missed that one. I don't know how I missed that. But uh, okay, that's going to go I, next week's show in that case. So I'm in Canada too, Nathan, and yeah. I missed it. And thanks to Marcus and a text message, that's how I didn't miss it. So there you go. Ontario. Yep. In Ottawa, our nation's Ottawa. capital. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. That's great. Okay. All right. In which, oh, all right. Reluctantly, I'll give up the pool. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll bring my own inflatable flamingo. I'll, you know, I'll be fine. It, <laughs> just bring the sweater it, it, too, Wendy. It was a tough thing to give up, but I can take one for the team. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, dear. Right. Okay. Moving on. Let's. So we were just talking about meetups and the fact that it might be a nice idea to, to build meetups on a different platform. But for now, what we've got is still meetups. And so let's talk about one which is coming up, which I'm encouraging people to get involved with. So uh, developer, developer hours. This is coming up on February the 27th, 2024. You've got a whole month, but you can sign up now. It's going to be Justin Tadlock and Ryan Welcher uh, talking about how to build modern layouts with WordPress blocks. There's not a lot more to say about that other than there it is. Um, You can find it on meetup.com. All righty. Okay, still on events. We've got a lot of event talk today. WordCamp Asia need uh, Contributor Day help. Uh, Dear listener, if if you've never attended a WordCamp, 
or before, uh, typically one of the days, either before or after the main two-day event, is this thing called Contributor Day. And you show up and you often have to get a ticket. It's, it's free, right? But you have to get one because places are limited and they need to know how much food to put out. Although that sometimes doesn't work and loads more people show up and have to halve the food and all that, which is fun. The, um, but the, yeah, was that, was that in Porto? I think like, yes, it, it instead of 300 people, people showing so off 600. Yeah. <laughs> so the food had to be eked out, which was quite a nice thing to, to do for each other. The, um, anyway, so WordCamp Asia, um, have obviously got their contributor today, but it does look like they're in need of a little bit of help, um, getting the table lead sorted out and what they need is somebody who can be the facilitator of the community table. So this is a real one. If you, you know, if you're not into code, but you like community, this could be for you. Um, it says the table lead will be the facilitator of the community table. Community table often has various topics to discuss and work on. Uh, for example, your role would include some of the following things, onboarding new contributors who are interested in the community team, facilitate a topic that could be or proposed um, to be discussed during WordCamp Asia, help us create a recap of what was discussed during this event and meetups and WordCamp orientation and budget reviews. You can see it on the screen. But um, yeah, it feels like maybe there's, I don't know, maybe somebody stepped down, I really don't know, or maybe they just never managed to fill that gap, but um, they want that It's gap always hard for um, uh, for most WordCamps, especially the bigger ones where they have loads of tables to find enough table leads available to actually take on the role. It's... Um, do you have we, any intuition, we, um, Wendy, as to how much? Europe, we, we kind of struggle as well. Oh, do, do you have any intuition as to how much time you Like, is that a quite a lengthy, if you, if you volunteered for that role, do you have any sort of rough idea of the amount you'd need to put in? Yeah, it would be the entire contributor day because you will be um, leading the conversation and wrapping up and getting on stage and sharing the results and onboarding new people and getting them in meetup so they can organize their own local meetups. Um, yeah, so it is, you will be quite busy during Contributor Day. What about the bits and the pieces prior? You have to show up to a lot of Zoom meetings and things like that, because obviously you wouldn't be able to just show up on Contributor Day and lead the table. I guess there'd be a lot in the background. I don't think so. I mm. think, I don't really know what is, I think it also differs per team. Uh, so that might be a good question for the comments on that post. So yeah, someone okay. who is involved can answer because I, I don't really know. This show, this show, it, it's rare that we get somebody from that part of the world commenting on it. Well, that's not true. It does happen, but it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, the, that, the, the bit of the day where we're all awake has kind of been and gone a bit. So, but if there is anybody from that part wow. of the world who has any intuitions in that, or indeed have just, you know, done that kind of a role before and you want to put in your five cents please feel free okay rob earlier was talking about ai i'm going to model up the order a little bit our panelists and tell me what you make of this team so my position on ai is i've no idea uh maybe it'll be the death of us all maybe it'll be the best thing that's ever happened i'm not sure but elementor you know them right the page builder giant user base truly enormous user base they have, um, they've come up with a new thing and it's, um, it's called web based containers with AI. Now, forgive me. I'm not going to do this justice, but I'm going to try and explain it 
in the best way that I can. Um, so the idea is that you build rows, if you like, containers. So just think of a horizontal row with all of the bits like a header or, I don't know, a call to action or a contact form or, I don't know, about us row or something like that. And the idea is that you, you put in, you go to the Elementor website that you've got, you add in a URL of something that you've seen online that you like the look of. Um, you then highlight the section that you wish to reference so that it's not doing the entire page. You know, I, I want Elementor to give me something akin to this. Um, once you've done that, you write a little prompt, as you always do with AI, giving it some more you know, knowledge about what it is that you want to come out. So on the screen, they're saying, adapt uh, adapt this for a home decor website. And then you basically push a button. The AI overlords go into overtime, do some stuff. You know, nobody actually knows what they do, but they do things. And then they spit out three designs for you to pick. And you say, that one, or that one, or that one. And maybe there's a way to sort of do it all again if, you know, if it didn't come out. So that's the premise of it. So it's like a real shortcut to seeing something that you like, an Elementor, presumably with the layouts and the, the different capabilities they've got for designing things, they build that in the background for you to mimic it. Now, I don't know what I make of this. From a technological point of view, I think it's brilliant. What a great idea. Like, just whoever conceived that and then thought, actually, we can do it. it that is just technically brilliant. My concern is, is that is that is it theft you know no that's too strong i don't mean that is it too easy are we is it just making life too easy are we sort of cutting out the the design chops that you need i, I don't know what what do you guys think it, it's definitely brilliant but i'm just not sure whether what i think about it i'm being a curmudgeon i apologize right over to you take it from me and Tell Can me. I jump in there, Nathan? Yeah, please do. Throw my two cents out. So I do think it's brilliant. I think the whole tech around AI is brilliant. So what we got to remember right off the top is AI tools are tools to help us do our business. And any tool can be used properly or misused. So keep that in mind. So the way I kind of sit is I can just see the copyright issues coming out of this like nothing, like people grabbing websites, designers saying, oh, I'm just going to grab this website because it looks good. Here you go. Here's your $1,000. And we know in the media industry right now, the New York Times is involved in a pile of AI lawsuits right now with... Um, OpenAI yeah. and Microsoft. And the reason these suits are going on is they're testing the waters to see where we all stand. And the problem is, I don't know with a tool like this, like you've, frankly, if you say grab my website and then sell that as your own, I consider that theft. So there is that problem too. So it's, what do we do with using the tool properly to, you know, the whole copyright theft misuse part? That's, that's kind of where I sit. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Uh, For me, it takes all the fun out of building websites. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I genuinely haven't a clue which way I need to sit on this. I'm sort of, it's almost like I am sitting on the fence. Well, I, I am, you know, because I, I can't <laughs> commit to whether I think it's good or bad. 
there's some bit of me which thinks, no, that we shouldn't be doing this because we're just mimicking designs. But then don't we do mm. that already? And in fact, we just we find a bit of a website that we like and we mimic it, but we have to yeah. sort of build it ourselves. And obviously, you know, this whole debate 10 years ago was these page builders, what a stupid idea. No, let's do it the WordPress way. We'll use all these lovely yep. template files and we'll get really good at PHP and we'll be fabulous at doing all of that. And, you know, um, now we've got all these tools and we can't imagine letting go of them. And the block editors enabling all of this and all these suites of blocks. Um, yeah. Kathy, can you see the security issues coming out of this? Like, I'm I'm looking at comments, and we got both Tom Reef and uh, Tim yeah. Ashton there as well, and you and yeah. I on the panel. And I'm already thinking, if you move all this code, what security issues are going to happen with all this code? Like, it, it just boggles my mind, right? Yeah, well, they're just, what What are they doing? They're just basically view source and taking the raw HTML, CSS, and, and then yeah. building off of that, right? Um, but, you know, the thing, when I first built websites, the coolest thing was to come across something new and say, how did they do this? And looking at the source oh, code, yeah. and then can I do this yeah. myself? And, yeah. and, and so there was like this creative, can I, can I take this, this innovative new design and can I do this myself? Can I build this out myself? To, to say, hey, AI, can you go take this design and build? It, it takes kind of that fun, that creativity, that um, that spark of wanting to learn something new and gives it to a machine to do. And you lose. You lose out on the ability to. Because when you take something that somebody else has done, um, I remember when I was first designing and there was this, this guy who was... Um, he did stuff with frames really creatively. And I wanted to see like, could I do this too? And so I built out this really funky website using all these frames and everything. And I couldn't, I didn't build what he built. I built based on the, the creativity that was spurred from investigating how he did it and taking it to the next level and then adding my own creativity to it. Just taking something from someplace else and saying, do this, it's so completely boring. It stifles innovation. It stifles creativity. You have to add something back to it. And every conversation I have with ChatGPT ends up with, well, well, you almost had it there, but I'm adding my own to it. Yeah. It has to, it has to be, if you just let elementary AI just like copy, it doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't spur your own growth as a creator, as a developer, as a designer. So I would say that if you're going to do something like this, find out how you inject yourself back into the end project. Otherwise, otherwise we're doomed. Otherwise, what's the fun of that? Just I like that answer. It. Yeah, that's kind of you've you've encapsulated a lot of what I think there. Uh, that works for me. And but I think the the bit which I find weird here. Which I've done, maybe this has happened in other cases, but I, I can't remember it. The bit that I find here is you are being actively told to go out and find other websites so that you can mimic that bit of their website, which, you know, it's fine, I guess. But, but that, oh, I don't know. I'm still confused. <laughs> I'm still confused, but I agree. There's something about the learning, something about hollowing out the, 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 the way that you get into this career. So when yeah. we all did it, I say we, I'm going to assume that all of us are like, we're older than 25, right? Can we all agree to yeah. that? Okay. Uh, older than <laughs> yeah. I, I went yes. low, but, uh, <laughs> the, but you had to, 
you, you literally had to learn it, right? You, you, there were a few books that were out on web design, but the curiosity came from doing it all. Yeah. And there's a whole generation of people who've had that level of curiosity and then got picked themselves up, taught themselves or been through some sort of college program or something. And I do wonder if these tools are hollowing out that base layer of the industry where in 10 years time, we're going to turn around and say, where are all the people that, that we need with all the really difficult skills? Well, they haven't come through because they got, they just got hijacked at the bottom level, if that makes sense. So it's almost like, you know, you've taken the bottom row of the pyramid out and, and you're just waiting for it to collapse again, bit of a doom mongery sort of approach there, but that's, that's the bit that confuses me. The biggest Starting problem with, with like, these, go ahead, Kathy. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, starting with the blank screen is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. You need something right. to inspire yeah. you. So you need to take from other people's creativity and then add yourself into it. I'm not saying like the blank screen and then like some lightning bolt comes out of the sky and you're automatically like an HTML genius and writing all of the CSS. No, your inspiration is going to come from somewhere. But don't mm -hmm. make the machine. If, if you give too much away to the machine, you lose out on the ability to learn. You lose out on your own inspiration because it's not until you're in there fighting with, you know, fighting with CSS and gosh darn it, I'm putting important in there. I'm not yeah. going to fight with this anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not until you do that kind of stuff that like going through the hard stuff is where inspiration and where creativity happens. If you make it too easy for yourself, you lose out. Mm-hmm. The, but isn't the, that the, exactly the difference between? Oh, sorry, Rob, you you were first. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Isn't that exactly the difference between the people that grinded to get to know how WordPress worked and how it how you could tweak it, and the people that bought a theme somewhere and just filled yes. it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a, an important point as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, okay. the people that are interested in 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 working with this who want to copy exactly like it was will do that anyway if they have the option and they do now with Elementor and probably with other tools. Um, the people that want to learn and want to tweak it and want to adjust it just a little bit, they will grind it out and they yeah. will find the tools yeah. to and the technique and yeah. the knowledge. They will and they will surface as the yeah. next people uh, building That's the agencies it. and building the WordPress. I think you're right. I think I'm being a bit of a snob. I think on some level I'm being a bit protective of the industry that I yeah. I'm in and I'm of an age where change is alarming, right? Yeah. Because you it's hard, especially, you know, when you get to over twenty five like I am, um, you get a little bit set in your ways, don't you? And new things come along and, and you just think, mm. Yeah. Yep. You know, so maybe yeah, I need yeah. to address that. Peter makes a good point in the comment though. She says that um Okay, so just because you copied and pasted, in effect, a solution from somebody else's website that was tailored, hopefully, by a pro to work in their business, um, it probably won't work in your business. So Good point. that's an interesting point. Um, yeah. Sorry, Rob, did you get your say? Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, the biggest problem here is if we copy and paste and we don't understand how to do things and we create this whole new generation of designers, and I saw this in my support career, how do you work yourself out of a problem if you're somebody coming up and all you know is AI and how to copy and paste? You don't know how to troubleshoot. You don't know how to work out a WordPress site that's not working properly. And 
this is a problem. I saw this 15 years ago in support. Kids are being taught linear. And the minute you throw a curveball in the middle, they look at you and say, excuse me, I'm stuck. You think they were stuck 15 years ago. They're going to be stuck now because they're not going to have that foundation. They don't know how to install WordPress from scratch. Remember the five-minute install that we all did? Oh, yeah. And things like that. Yeah, but the point the point I'm making is if they don't have fundamentals, the tools are great, but you still got to have a base, right? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of interesting. About about 10 years ago in the UK, the, the UK government decided that the children th- going through the schooling system were basically being taught how to use products mm. in their computer science classes. So they were being taught how to manipulate data in spreadsheets, and they were taught how to, I don't know, use Word documents mm-hmm. and things. It's yep. not very grandiose, but you get the point. It was, here's a product that's already built. Let's just get really good at that. And then some bright spark thought, no, this is crazy. We should be teaching them how to code. And so yeah. they ripped up that manual and then they just went all like into Raspberry Pi and coding. And honestly, I don't know how that's worked out because presumably that generation are just starting to come through into the job market. But it was interesting that they that they thought that using tools wasn't enough. You needed mm-hmm. a more foundational technical knowledge so that when something yep. couldn't be achieved with the tools that you've got, you could build the tool. And um, yep. yeah, and it feels a little bit like maybe this is, you know, it's a different audience. Like Wendy says, yep. you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think that, that is all always the case there are people who are interested enough to find out how to build the tools and there is the big bulk of people who don't really care they just want to have it look like the way they want it to look and they copy they feel extremely satisfied with copy pasting whatever is already around um i'm going to throw in a curveball so this wasn't meant to be in the show but it feels like this conversation is just perfect so since 2016 i've done this podcast this podcast with david wormsley great Great stuff. We've done like, I don't know. You AI'd him? <laughs> he was never real. That's what I've got to tell you. He was never real. He was always a figment of my imagination. I can do his voice really well. No. I always figured because we were never, never visible at the same time. I mean, who could imagine those two names together? Well, so he he's kind of decided that he doesn't want to use a CMS anymore. And he oh. came came to me and he said, should we do another podcast? So it, this has got nothing to do with WP Builds, but I'll, I'll put it on the screen because it's kind of interesting. We've decided to, we've launched a podcast called The No Script Web Show. And it's basically about teaching ourselves the, the things that we should have learned over the last 10 years that we haven't learned because we've allowed ourselves to become uh, de-skilled. So we've mm-hmm. recorded three episodes so far. Wow. Really all that we've done is We've laid the groundwork, and what it boils down to is browsers, HTML, CSS. That's it, um, and that's going to be the endeavor. And this website, which is very, very, very Spartan, each episode that we do, we're going to add a bit to the website based upon what we've learned during the course of that episode, if you know what I mean. So if we touch on something like, oh, I don't know, how do you implement it so that you can do light mode and dark mode uh, with a toggle using just CSS. Then we'll add that to the website and what have you. And it is completely flat. It's HTML, CSS. It's built without uh, a CMS at all. And we've managed to do, like I said, three episodes so far. 
and we've mapped out the first 12. Things like color options, web images, CSS interactivity, typography. And you can find it at noscript.show. There's a plug. You I'm sorry. Totally unstoppable. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be fun. I really like the the angle of it. I am definitely going to listen to it. But yeah, then, also, Nathan, the... how many podcasts are you going to create? Well, uh, yeah, 85, I think is my target. No, this one's great because, it, it, you know, you know, half of the battle on doing a podcast is finding the right person, I think, if yeah. you're going to do it as a co-host thing. And him and I just get along so well. Um, you know, it's just not a chore. It's just so straightforward and easy and he really is on a mission to learn this stuff so i'm the poor relation in this in that he's learning he's then teaching me on the show and then building the website so i'm learning vicariously through the podcast but it has been really interesting anyway there you go no script dot show i can't tell you that the website mm -hmm. is in any way perfect it's very basic at the moment because we've hardly done anything but man alive the stuff that is coming down the css spec it's Awesome! What what the browser will be able to do with with just CSS and HTML is mm. going to be pretty incredible, um, wow. especially complicated layouts with grid and all of that kind of stuff. So anyway, there you go. Um, right. So what have we got? We have got a few more comments. James Kemp's joining us. He says, "Hi there, James. I'm picturing Frankenstein's web pages. Uh, if they're using AI to design sections on a single page, will they be cohesive?" And that's a good point. Yeah. Um, will I, I consider how to get the information across in the most cohesive way? Yeah, that's a really good point. You can imagine like a layer cake of just totally contrasting designs with different color palettes and fonts. And maybe they've thought of that and they've got like a limited color palette. I don't know, but that's a really good point. And Atif says, as much as I agree, where is the line? I grew up in an era where you bought a PC, you had to assemble it literally. Uh, but this is not the scene today. Is it relevant or needed? I'm not sure. Mm, good point. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Keep the comments coming. Enjoying it. And let's move on. I've forgotten where we are now. Where did we get to? Okay, here we go. We'll go to these two. I don't know if these are new, um, but I found this on Search Engine Journal, which is not a website I typically go perusing around an awful lot. But the article is entitled WordPress releases two plugins for speeding up web pages. And I thought that's curious. I haven't heard anything about this. So I explored a little bit more and I'm just going to scroll to the bit that matters. Uh, and here we are. The two new performance plugins, uh, auto size for lazy loaded images and speculation rules. Okay. The, the auto size for lazy loaded images makes perfect sense to me. I think, you know, great. We all understand what that is. This one though, what the heck? This is so intriguing and a little bit weird at the same time. And I didn't even know this existed. So there's a thing. I think it's called the Speculation API. Oh, I can't find it now. I'm going to go with Speculation API. And it is a tooling, which I think is combined in some way with the browser. It must be. And it kind of tries to figure out what you're going to do next on the web. Please come into the comments and put me straight or guests just correct me. So you load a web page and then it makes judgments about where is the next most likely place for you to go. And then it starts to preload those assets. So on the one hand, I think that's great. That's speeding up the internet for me. On the other hand, I'm thinking that's lousy for the environment because I'm now loading a load of assets that I may never need. So anyway, here they are uh, on the Search Engine Journal website. I don't know what your thoughts on that 
are. But um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but for me, this is more scary than copying web pages content AI. I mean, if somebody starts uh, imagining where I'm going to go and already load that, uh, yeah, no, not happy with that. It says the Speculation Rules plugin leverages the Speculation Rules API in order to download the resources of web pages that a user is likely to request. The Speculation Rules plugin essentially predicts that a page will be requested and will be, will begin pre-rendering the web page before a user clicks a link. I, I'll go keep going a little bit because it will add some depth to it. Uh, uses of the Speculation API mm -hmm. to pre-render link URLs upon hover by default. Oh, that's interesting. So you, you hover on something and the browser puts up a little window showing you what the website would look like. I don't know if I need that, but okay, I can see it might be useful there. This Excuse me. The Speculation Rules API is a feature designed to improve the performance of web browsing by allowing web pages to provide hints to the browser about the potential links that a user might click to navigate to a different web page. The browser can then prefetch or pre-render resources based on the likelihood of a visitor clicking a link to navigate to a new web page. And then there's all sorts of developer documentation from Mozilla and also the Chrome team. So we could get into the weeds, but I didn't. I just thought it was an interesting proposition. But personally, if that was an option, I will be switching it off because I just don't like the idea of something being loaded just for the environment as much as anything else. But also, I don't know where that, like, where's the prediction coming from? Is it based upon my previous, um, you know, previous history on that website? Like, for example, if I go to the bbc.co.uk website, I always click news. That's the first link I go to. So would it always just preload that knowing, oh, you've done this before. This is typically what Nathan does. So let's preload that. And then I want to know who's keeping that. Who's keeping that data about what I typically do? Um, so here's Ross, probably to save the day. Right. Okay. Here we go. Ross Wintle in the UK, developer in the UK. There's still a subset of team culture that, oh, sorry. He was on the previous one. So we'll come back to you, uh, Ross. Apologies. You're watching a few minutes behind you. Let's go back to this. What do you think? If if my website performance issues um, are so bad or so slow that I need this to like predict what my users are going to be doing, um, I think maybe I'd want to solve the fundamental performance issues first. Yeah. This seems it just seems too much. Like it's it's like putting a band aid on on a wound that need sutures, right? And hoping that it just heals on its own. If, if there's a problem with the site's performance, solve those things first. Make sure, you know, I mean, there's some generic performance uh, recommendations that I think we can all make. I, I just, it just seems like too much. It seems like. Yeah, it sounds on. even worse. It sounds like just, you know, there's a wound in the body somewhere and just randomly stitching up something because, yeah. you know, that might just be where the wound is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see blood. We start stitching an arm because uh, you know, yeah, that might be where the blood is coming from. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of conflicting, isn't it? It says here that you need uh, for at the moment you need uh, at least Chrome one hundred and twenty one. Gosh, is that yeah. where we're at uh, for this to work? And it says that users that visit a site whilst using a different browser that do not support the speculation rules <laughs> API won't be affected in any way. It will be rendered as it normally would. And then it goes on. The plugin documentation says, by default, the plugin is configured to, configured to pre-render WordPress front-end URLs 
when the browser hovers over a relevant link. This can be customized via the speculation rules under the settings uh, settings, and then reading. A filter mm. can be used to exclude certain URL paths from being eligible for prefetching and pre-rendering. Alternatively, you can add the no pre-render CSS class to any link. Great, more things to add uh, that should not be pre-rendered. Okay, Rob, I had an intuition you were about to say something. Sorry if I interrupt. Oh, it's okay, and I am. So we're doing all the... I agree with Kathy, by the way, 100%. And, but we're also doing all these speculation roles, and isn't that, in essence, going to increase the overhead on a website? So if you've got a badly performing website, oh. and now we're increasing the overhead, isn't it going to perform worse? Like, I just... I got to wonder because the more we do with APIs, the worse the performance gets, the worse the GT metric scores get. And then where are we? That's my two yeah. cents. I, um, I don't really have any intuitions. I, I really should make more of an effort to understand the underlying yeah. technology of it's it. Okay. Maybe, you, that's, yeah, maybe that's something that we can do uh, in the future. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So th anyway, there you go. It's uh, I don't know where it's going to pop up this and where you're going to get that plugin from, whether it's going to go into core or what. I don't know. But um, okay, let's go back to the subject that we had a minute ago. Um, da, 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 da. Pete says, this oh, Pete's, Pete's this joining sweater. us. Oh, thank you, Pete. He's saying, uh, time to change the WP Builds podcast thumbnail. Yes, uh, because, you know, that traitorous David Wormsley yes. has left me. And uh, it needs to be. We need to be expunged on the, on the website, on the homepage. I did, I did get rid of it. It used to say with David Wormsley here. And then at, right at the bottom, he used to say, David, well, so I removed him from all of those places. The same way you expunged Paul Lacey. Yeah, too. Oh, don't even. Don't <laughs> even. <laughs> traitor. I, I, but David said, we should set up a traitor's page on the website and feature him and Paul Lacey. Uh, we, we're still very good friends, all of us. Um, okay, let's go back to previous things. Um, so we're back to the Elementor uh, AI wizard stuff. Even if you copy a good design, you'll have to adapt it to your own needs and you need to understand UX content and content design in order to be able to do that, not to mention accessibility. Okay. I guess the fear feature for me is that these AI tools begin to get good at those things as well in the future. So, you know, we could be facing a, a thing where it can, it can make some of those intelligent decisions as well. And then there's still a subset. So this is going back to the computer teaching, I think, in schools in the UK. Ross is from the UK, by the way. Uh, there's still a subset of teen culture that's into building tech and coding, and the resources available now are amazing. You should see what kids are doing with Minecraft, Scratch, and Microbit. Uh, yeah, so obviously Minecraft, we all know what that's capable of, but Scratch is like a program where you can add in little jigsaw pieces and make a set of code and it all goes in this sort of like linear fashion down the page you can do what you know ifs and loops and all of that kind of stuff. it's fun it's really good um and then he says raspberry pi oh, of course yeah raspberry pi and the game dev tools that are now available combined with youtube and retro gaming culture there's plenty of builders and hacking around that's great um and if you want a co-host put out an ad and add auditions I'm I'm saying nothing. I'm I'm saying nothing. It's it's in hand, is all I'm saying. I'm, I've just said something. What the heck? I said I wasn't going to say anything. Then I said something. Uh, but I've got intuitions as to how 2024 is going to look, uh, minus the traitors. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> right. I, 
you can milk that joke for everything it's worth. Let's move on, shall we? And let's talk about this. Oh, this is a shame. I don't like things like this. Uh, Opera. Uh, in the day. Fabulous browser. I had a Windows-based phone. You know, when it had that, like, the little stylus and the teeny tiny keyboard? I loved that phone. It was great. And it had the best browser in the world on it, and it was called Opera Mini. And it would pre-render, because mobile phones were rubbish at looking at websites back then, it would pre-render it and send you an image of what the website looked like. It was really cool. It was really clever. Um, but if this article is to be believed, and I say that because I don't know the truth of it, if this article is to be believed, uh, then you would probably want to stop using the Opera browser because it, it would appear that at the moment, really, it has been bought out and sold several times and it's now really owned by a venture capital firm. That venture capital firm, again, caveat emptor, if the article is true, uh, are now making money with what could only be described as really bad loan scheme apps uh, to keep the company afloat. So they are targeting um, parts of the developing world and saddling people there with debt. And if any of that is true, if any of that turns out to be true, then I think the culture here is gone. You know, the day when they were a viable alternative, they got eaten up by Mozilla. They got eaten by Chrome. But rather than sort of call it a day, they decided that they would keep the business going. But anyway, it's a horrible thought. I don't really ever want to say those words, but maybe it's time to move on from, from Opera. I'll put the link to this in the show notes. It's from a website called spacebar.news. Um, but it came to me uh, on good authority, but we'll have to see if that's true. But that's weird, isn't it? That's a yeah. sort of sad piece of news, if that's actually true. Um, anybody want to comment on that? Just just growl into the mic like... Rotty, naughty opera. Okay, Paul Halfpenny's here to save the day about the speculation rules API. Speculation, I can't even say it speculation rules plugin is pretty cool. Okay, he loves it. Um, similar to how we prefetch fonts and other items when rendering, the likelihood is that you will click on a link you hover over so it saves, so it's saving load time. Okay, maybe there's a piece of the puzzle that we didn't understand. This is based upon some intent because of hover, just hover. Mm -hmm. If you go for like one second over a link or something, you are likely to be using it. All right. Okay. Well, if you're using your mouse like me, like like that, yeah. the whole you're loading time. everything. You're just <laughs> loading everything. No, it'd be really. I bet you the math in there would be really interesting. I bet there's some metric of you know, like whether it's a tenth of a second or a twentieth of a second or something. Some little granular bit of maths. Which anyway, the, thank you, Paul. I appreciate the comment. That's great. Thank you for uh, letting us know that. Yeah, also what would be interesting, I am now learning to use the mouse with my left hand because I had some pain in my right arm. And my mousing, my mouse behavior is completely different. I'm gonna try that right now. I'm gonna try you. I've <laughs> never ever done it. Okay. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> wow, that's that is hard. I'm like giving it, I'm going at a tenth of the speed I normally would, and I'm terrified of clicking on something. I think we should all try that. Well, that is weird. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Apologize. Yeah, that was it. It's just like, so if you have predictions then, and especially predictions on my normal behavior, this is what Wendy would do in, in case of your BBC visit, 
what Nathan would do when he has their her preferences too. Um, but now the thing is completely mixed up because I'm using my other hand. <laughs> yeah, you've, it you've, makes you've, no sense. You've just downloaded all the internet uh, <laughs> because you got that is really interesting. I love doing. I love injecting things into my life which make me aware of how rubbish I am as soon as my default structure is torn to pieces. You ever done that thing where you sellotape, you know, like you sticky tape your thumb so that you can't use it? My kids came back from school one day and they did it at school. It's an experiment. Just take your thumb out of the picture, like just wrap some tape around it. Ten minutes and you will suddenly realize like how everything needs the thumb. Um, so there you go. I've given you, I've given you homework. And I've made Wendy sneeze. That was so good. I'm, I'm allergic for experiments <laughs> like that. That's right. That's right. No, use the thumb. <laughs> the heck? Right. Okay. Let's move on. We're on to the last couple of things. <laughs> We're kind of running out of time. And these are you, these are submitted by Kathy and Wendy. Let's go here first. This is uh, Wendy's one. I wanted to raise yeah. a little shout out for WordCamp Europe. Was there a specific reason? No, there is always a reason to shout out for WordCamp Europe. Um, tickets are, are up. They are available. And if I'm not mistaken, we are getting the new design um, in the coming, I don't know, days, week, maybe. So that is uh, coming up, which is uh, super exciting. And um, there are two things I want to point out. The call for volunteers is still open. So if you're interested in volunteering at WordCamp Europe, uh, don't forget to apply. And um, the call for um, next year's hosting city is also open. So if you are part of a community that is active in organizing WordPress events in Europe and you are interested in hosting WordCamp Europe, uh, go to the website, find the information. We have uh, office hours every Tuesday where you can uh, talk with one of the people that is uh, on the team for selecting. And um, you can get more information and you can also uh, apply if you're interested. So I'm going to nominate my back garden with flamingos and swimming pools. Everybody's. Yeah, I don't know how happy your family is going to be with <laughs> two to 3,000 people in your back garden <laughs> They're going on while <laughs> trying to. <laughs> Just, uh, dispatch them to somewhere with a real swimming pool and uh, real water <laughs> slides. Uh, okay, thank you. So WordCamp Europe, uh, it's... Boy, these things creep up on you. It feels like just last week that we were talking about where it was going to be, and now it's in Torino, um, 13th to the 15th of June, 2024. And like Wendy said, if you scroll down a little bit, there's still uh, a need for volunteers. And so keep your eye on the site and see how the design changes as well. And yeah. the other one. Oh, sorry, Wendy, carry on. Yeah, no, it's, it's I'm super excited. I've always already seen a preview of the yeah. new site, and it's so nice. It's so nice. Nice. Nice, nice. And this one, WordCamp Phoenix. This is from Kathy. What have you got about this? WordCamp Phoenix is a very special event. I was an organizer there for a couple of years pre-pandemic and uh, when I lived in the Valley. It is a unique event in that speakers come from all over the place. It's, it's one of the core, even though it's a local WordCamp, it feels like one of the core word camps for the entirety of the United States. First of all, Phoenix, February, hey, it is the best time to go. Don't go in July. Um, ah. The weather is perfect. Ah. And the speaker lineup, um, if I may say so myself, I am speaking, 
Uh, but there are an immense number of really intelligent and inspiring speakers that are going to be there. It, the The topic areas typically are more cutting edge and more uh, not entirely technical, but like last last year I spoke there and talked about pass keys. And there's a number of of talks that are kind of much more forward thinking. They're less beginner oriented. So I just wanted to highlight it for the entirety of the WordPress community. If you want to go to a WordCamp that is top tier, WordCamp Phoenix is the place to be. And I hope to see you there. Yeah, it's happening soon. Uh, it says 9th to the 10th of Feb. So really, really oh, soon, like in a couple of weeks or 10 days or something. Looks like there's two, t- two tracks, one called the classroom track. I guess that's more workshoppy. Um, and then there's the auditorium track, which I guess is a bit more, you know, delivery of speeches by uh, presenters and so on. And there, there you are, look, the Remote Work Survival Guide. Kathy Zan, yeah. she's going to be there on the 9th of Feb at 10.30 in the scars. morning. Say again. I'm going to say, show all my scars of oh. 20 years of remote work. Can I just, can I just totally hijack the conversation again, right? Of course. I can't understand passkeys. I just don't get it. Like, I'm... I, uh, what the heck? Uh, no matter, I don't know where they are or, you know, at least with my password manager. I, look, there it is. And I've got everything in that little vault. And, but the passkey thing, I seem to have, like, I don't know, browsers pop up and say, you've got a passkey and I try it and it doesn't work. Do you, is that the future? Is that where we're going, Kathy? Passkeys for all the things? We're going... Um, we're going passwordless. You know, okay. it's everybody, passwords obviously have a lot of issues with them. Um, there's some services like uh, Stripe has passkeys as a second factor instead of a 2FA code you have to dig out. Um, you still have your password, but you have a passkey as a second factor. Yeah. Um, and the, I have a video on this on my YouTube channel. I'll send okay, it to that's you where we're going. All well, your uh, questions. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, that's perfect. That kind of rounds it out nicely. So we'll go to Kathy's website. I'll try. Let me just write that down. I will. Uh, I'll link it into the show notes. Passkeys. Okay. Right there we go on my high tech piece of flattened tree with a pen. Um, right, that's it. That's that's all we've got time for. I think just a couple of comments just before we end. The first one is from Courtney to say you can turn it off in the browser. That whole speculation API, uh, you can turn it off in the browser. I hope it's turned off by default. I want to. I want to know that that's not on by default. And uh, Courtney says she'll see you there. She's going. Awesome. We will see Courtney uh, in Phoenix. Right, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much. Loads of nice comments. I appreciate that. That was very, very kind of you to give the, all the, the comments. That was really lovely. So thank you to Kathy, Kathy Zant. Thank you to Rob, Rob Cairns. And thank you to Wendy. Wendy. Um, <laughs> Just Wendy, Wendy. That's what it's going to be from now on, the double Wendy. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show and giving up your time so freely. I really, really do appreciate it. Thanks to all the commenters. It just remains for me to ask everybody to humiliate themselves by raising their hands. And yay, look at you all. (laughs) Just loving it. That's great. We will see you this time next week with another panel of guests. For now, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, like I say, we'll be back next week. Take it easy.